Hey everyone, Brie here. Just wanted to pop in and let you know that with this episode, we are so excited to share it with you. However, unfortunately, we did experience a little bit of technical difficulties. So if at times throughout the chat, it sounds like maybe we were talking to two authors, it's because we were. We were initially ch chatting with authors Regina Kyle and Jennifer Snow, but we did, like I said, experience some technical difficulties. So hopefully in the near future, we will have author Regina Kyle back on with us because hers is definitely a voice that we want to have here on the podcast. But for now, we bring you our chat with author Jennifer Snow, who is incredible, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And joining us today, we have author Jennifer Snow here with us. So please, let's, before we get started, tell us how 2021 has been for you. Um, well, my family actually decided to move to Spain in 2021 amid a pandemic. Um, we must have been out of our minds, but uh, we made it here in January and it's been really good. Um, a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of paperwork. And I mean, obviously the pandemic and COVID is making things a little slow moving, but um, but we're happy to be here and we're really fortunate we were able to do um, what we did in the right timing and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, challenging year in different ways for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I like admire people that have moved during COVID. Like, I, I mean, I had a friend who moved to Chicago and she was so lonely. So she just recently moved closer to family in Florida. And I'm like, you didn't even really get to experience Chicago. <laughs> But you like moved in the thick of COVID. So, but I have never thought of moving overseas so much until these past couple of years. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, there's a whole <laughs> world out there. Like, you know, in the States, you move from state to state. And I just don't want to be one of those people that like never considers going somewhere else. So, I hope you love Spain. <laughs> we really do. And it's, it's been a great experience for my son. And just, yeah, just thought, you know what? Why not? Life's too short. So, yeah. Absolutely. So for anyone listening who is new to your bibliography, how would you describe your books? I think I tend more towards um, contemporary small town uh, stories that are kind of full of humor and heart um, and a lot of heat. I did write a, a sweeter series for um, heartwarming at one point, but typically my romances now do have some heat in them as well. So yeah, small town contemporary with heat. I started writing stories um, when I was really young, like before I could even spell. And then I always kind of navigated towards romance. I always, in anything I watch or anything I read, I always look for that, you know, B or C romance um, <laughs> plot point and kind of that's what keeps me watching action movies and things like that. So I've always kind of been a sucker for the romantic elements. Um, I wrote my first romance when I was 15. Uh, apologies if anyone's heard this story before, but <laughs> on a lot of interviews they asked this question and this is my story. Um, I wrote my first romance when I was 15 and it was handwritten and it was a young adult romance and I sent it into Harlequin. Um, and I remember, <laughs> yeah, handwritten, a uh, young adult, I didn't even think they had a young adult line. And then, um, I was sitting on my, on my deck with a bunch of friends, um, during the summer when I got the rejection letter and I thought for sure they were going to buy my book and publish it and I was going to be famous and I'm from this little small town and 
Um, so I like super, super excited, uh, opened it up. It was a rejection letter, but it was so great. The editor had actually read the manuscript and had taken time to give me feedback. And she said, I showed promise and that, um, I didn't have enough life experience to write for Harlequin right now, but uh, you know, to definitely keep submitting to them in the future and that kind of thing. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where I started. And then I just kept going. I mean, I guess I was like, I'm not doing this unless I get published. <laughs> <laughs> This is not a hobby for me. I'm just going all in. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of told everyone I was going to get published. And then so unfortunately, I had to make it happen, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that you hand wrote it at 15 and mailed it in. That is right. Yeah. <laughs> to have those guts now, right? Yeah. Once you realized, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. I mean, did you feel like there was anything you had to learn bef- yeah. as you were pursuing it professionally? I was pretty naive about the whole process. I didn't know anything. I wasn't part of a group. Um, I was a single mom at the time, just like, you know, um, on maternity leave. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to get serious about this again. And so I think I just kind of went in and, you know, wrote the books of my heart and the stories that kind of gave me an escape. And then I started, started sending them out. And I think it was once they got picked up, that I really started to learn about the industry and learn about what how much work it actually takes to be a professional mm-hmm. writer. Um, I learned a lot from those early editors, um, a lot of revisions and edits and that kind of thing that kind of definitely helped me kind of hone those raw skills um, and turn them into something. But uh, so I think it was more once I finally got published because that's when I started joining groups and joining RWA and things like that and, and finding other people and other writers to kind of work with and learn from. Uh, it wasn't until I got published that I actually even was brave enough to reach out and start doing those kind of things. So um, definitely the first like five to 10 years, well, I'm still still learning with every book. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting, you know, there's a lot I don't know with everything I do. So yeah, always learning. What, what was the world of publishing like at the time that you started professionally writing? I guess, well, I started, my first book came out in 2011. So um, relatively still like I guess kind of new to the game. Um, so it was, uh, digital publishing was starting to get more popular. Um, my first couple of novellas were actually published through the Wild Rose Press, which was primarily um, a digital publisher at the time. Um, and they were new at the time. They're still going really strong, which is great to see. A few of my friends actually just got picked up by them. And I'm super excited that they're getting their start kind of where I did. And um, that was kind of cool to see. Um, and so I think it was fairly similar. Self-publishing wasn't as big as it is now. Um, but the landscape didn't look too much different, I don't think. I mean, there was, you know, the big, was it the big six or big, big seven or however many big publishing houses there were, you know, 10 years ago. And, and it started, you know, it started to shrink down a little bit with acquisitions and things like that recently. So um, more options, I guess, for submitting your book out to different editors and, you know, but but I think it was it's fairly similar. I mean, I've seen a lot of changes over the last 10 years, but yeah, back when I was when I was reaching, you know, digital was kind of still a little bit new and uh, and definitely a way to kind of for new authors like me who really didn't um, have the business savvy to go self pub, you know, self pub route, um, who was terrified to go to self pub route, uh, at least the smaller indie houses that were taking new authors and, you know, helping us grow and teaching us um, gave somebody like me an in because I don't know if I would have uh, been successful reaching out to traditional publishers that early in the game. So um, so very grateful for those opportunities that came that came up when I was looking for um, to make this a professional thing. So yeah. Yeah. How did you find out about the smaller presses at the time? Yeah. 
Um, it was mostly a lot of research. I was I was working in the fitness and health industry during sales. And so I was like running clinics and stuff. And so then, you know, just on my lunch breaks and stuff, I'd have my laptop with me and just did a ton of research about um, where to submit, you know, uh, novellas too, because I was writing smaller works at the time uh, as well, because, you know, raising a son and having a day job, it was a little bit intimidating to think about writing a 50 or 80 or 100,000 word book. So I was starting small and I was doing novellas. So I, I researched, you know, publishers that were taking novellas um, and, you know, just through some friends on Facebook that I followed, I, you know, I had seen the Wild Rose Press pop up a few times. So I thought about querying them and, you know, so I did, and they rejected the manuscript a bunch of times and told me to revise and resubmit. And I finally got it to a point where it was, you know, publishable. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was just a lot of research on my part. And that's, you know, I, I always tell people now to reach out for help. I mean, I've got so many author friends and up and coming authors that are, you know, who will reach out to me for help and for support. And, oh, hey, can I email your agent? Is she looking for clients? And I love that because because back when I was doing it, I did it all by myself, you know, kind of a closet writer, didn't really, you know, my family and friends knew I liked to write, but no one really knew I was, you know, trying to actually get published. So um, kind of kept it to myself, which was not, not always the smartest thing to do. There were a lot of people that I could have reached out to, you know, to help and for support and for advice. Um, but I, I, yeah, I kind of kept it to myself and just in my closet, just kind of researched and, you know, sent emails out on the side and, uh, yeah, kept my fingers crossed. <laughs> so that was, that was how I found them. So, so let's chat what we call a cult classic at this point, Harlequin's blaze line. Jennifer, you were already writing for Harlequin with their heartwarming line. So starting with you, can you share with us how you came to write for Blaze? Because heartwarming and Blaze are pretty different. <laughs> Just a little different. <laughs> a little. Um, so most of my books and, and um, the earlier novellas that got picked up by the Wild Rose Press had some heat in them. Um, I wasn't, you know really on the page, but I, I tend to kind of write, you know, a lot of lead up, a lot of, um, you know, sensual scenes. And a lot of the time there was, you know, it was closed door sex scenes in those, in those earlier books and things like that. So I kind of really didn't know where I fell on the spectrum of heat level um, of what I wanted to write of what I thought readers would, you know, appreciate me writing and enjoy, you know, in my writing and that kind of thing. I kind of really had found my spot yet. Um, so I, so when, when I had the idea for, uh, the heartwarming series, uh, it was, it was a sweeter series. It just felt sweeter. It felt like, um, small town, funny, lighthearted, you know, family oriented type of story. So, um, we pitched it to, um, Victoria at heartwarming. She was actually just acquiring for the line. The line was just starting. Um, I have like, I think my first book, the trouble with mistletoe is like number two or three in the, in the entire heartwarming series. Wow. So I kind of got in there on the ground level and I'm forever grateful for Victoria for that first opportunity to write for Harlequin, um, after so many years of pitching. So, and, and the, the line was sweet. So, you know, I just went sweet. I kept, you know, the sex scenes out and kept the language clean and things like that and really kind of targeted those books to that line. But then I've always been a huge fan of a lot of Blaze authors. I mean, I love Joanne Rock and Tawny Weber and, you know, they, they wrote these incredible stories. And, and so when I finished the Brooke Hollow series, I thought, you know, why not? Maybe I'll try going back to the higher heat level and see if I can, you know, maybe pull that off. And so I wrote the first book and we sent it to um, Dana was at, uh, Grimaldi was actually my editor uh, for the last heart, heartwarming book. So I sent it to her because she was also um, working on the blaze line and um, she liked it. She thought it was great. And so we did um, a two book deal, but it was actually kind of bittersweet because the day I got my two book contract with them, uh, they unofficially told me that the line was going to be shutting down. 
<laughs> okay, I was wondering because like looking at Fiction DB, I'm like hers. It looks like it's one of the last, yeah. bu- you know, bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I kind of, uh, I've kind of dubbed myself the kiss of death on things since then because <laughs> that was the first. But there's been so many opportunities that I have gone after and almost gone or gotten, and then that thing has gone to crap like, or disappeared. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like I, my husband's like, oh my god, like you are dangerous. People do not want you going near the lines <laughs> because <laughs> when I get a contract with them, then they shut down. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was bad timing, but you know it was okay. So we just had to move up the deadline or the deadline dates and the release dates in order to get um, her holiday fling and Tempting Kate out, uh, you know, in quick succession. It was mm-hmm. March, March and May of 2017 that those books came out. Um, and then unfortunately, I had a third plan, but it didn't actually, um, you know, have time to come out. So, mm-hmm. so it was a, a bittersweet for me because I was really excited about the new opportunity to write for this line. But, um, but I was glad that I at least got the opportunity to put those two books out. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Tell us about the Blaze titles that you published. Well, they are part of um, the Wild Wedding Nights um, series. I think there were other books under the line that fell under that heading, but because mine took place at weddings and that and revolved around weddings and that kind of thing, it went into that series. Um, the first book, uh, Her Holiday Fling, um, it's a divorce lawyer who... Um, has a bit of a reputation as kind of being like ruthless and well, she's been deemed a man hating shark by a um, interviewer. So um, love that. She's- love it. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to a corporate retreat and she's up for a promotion and her, you know, her boss is kind of like, you know, we're family law, we're divorced, but you know, we, we're, we're not, we're not horrible people. We're not man haters, you know, so we need to have a better, you need to have a better image. Um, and so she says, you know, I love men. I'm, you know, I'm getting married, you know, for, for Pete's sake. And he's like, Oh, you know, that's great. Bring your fiance to the corporate retreat. Only she doesn't have a fiance. So um, she meets up with a guy on the plane and they end up working together because he's going to a sister's wedding in Maui and could really use um, a date as well to kind of get his ex-girlfriend is going to be there. So um, just one of those fake fiance, fun kind of tropes to play around with. Um, And of course, you know, spoiler, they end up falling in love in the process for real. Um, and then the second book was Tempting Kate, which features um, the hero's sister who was supposed to get married in the first book. And um, well, like a spoiler, she doesn't. <laughs> so, um, and as a wedding planner uh, for the stars, her uh, being left at the altar isn't quite making business all so hot anymore. So she needs to pull off this amazing uh, wedding in order to kind of get back in the game. So um yeah so that's that's her story so she ends up going to um big bear to plan a wedding and the hero or the the groom's brother won't let her use the resort that she would like to use for the wedding and so they're they just butt heads the entire time she's planning this wedding um so yeah it's uh a lot of fun enemies to lovers you know a lot of tension a lot of friction that kind of thing in that in that book so they were really fun to write. Those those are probably two of my favorite books as far as having a lot of fun writing them. So yeah, yeah. So. I love left at the altar stories, mm-hmm. especially when they're you know funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I feel like I don't know if that's a trope, but like that is a plot line that I feel like needs way more love than it gets because. It's always so classic and just hilarious and you feel bad for the person, but like the situational part of it can just be so funny. So yeah. yeah. Well, especially 
because she had written a book um, that was called How to Get Him Down the Altar, yeah. um, talking about how to get rooms with gold feet to actually commit, and then she got left at the altar. So yeah, there was a lot of damage control that she needed to do for yes. her career. And it, like, the stakes are so high, because I mean, yeah. her reputation's on the line, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. would you describe the Blaze series to anyone who has yet to read a book from the line? I would describe the books as smart, sexy, um, fast-paced reads. The books are shorter um, than, like, for, the, for example, the heartwarming line. Um, they come in, you know, maybe 200 pages, I think. So they're, they're a fairly quick read. Um, and from the, the ones that I've read, anyway, typically tend to be, you know, super sexy, super, super heat levels, um, and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Usually, usually the tropes are done really funny you know there's there's a supporting cast of characters but the focus is primarily on the romance and the hero and heroine and their particular issues so um so unlike you know a single title romance where you've got a ton of community and a ton of secondary characters these ones tend to focus on on the couple so yeah definitely definitely fast-paced reads just out of curiosity because i know i i've been reading blaze for like probably well over 15 years and I have people ask me like what should I read can you get you know so do you have like one or two titles you would recommend if someone was new to the line what would you recommend for them to check out I love Tawny and Joanne Rock uh, yes. is always an amazing author to read no matter you know she's writing for super all mm-hmm. of her open books are just amazing so I love hers um, I think there was one Kara Sinclair I believe the title was Up in Flames I'm not really I can never remember titles. I always space on titles, but I can always remember the covers. I'm pretty sure it's a sexy firefighter on the cover. <laughs> um, so those are definitely worth reading for sure. So yeah. I loved the ones, if you guys remember, the blazing bedtime stories that had like the short little, I guess, adult <laughs> fairy tales. <laughs> those were so good. The Encounters series, I think that they were called, like Three Encounters or Five Encounters or whatever it was. Yeah, I found a Tawny Weber at Half Price Books in perfect condition. I'm like, bless whoever turned this book into the bookstore because it is perfect. (laughs) And as we're coming up to the Christmas season, I have to mention it. It's probably my favorite Blaze book of all time. It's a holiday themed. It's called Come Toy With Me by Cara Summers. And she's a toy shop owner and he's a Navy SEAL. And there's like mobsters, like light mobsters, you know, like somebody's after her and he's there to protect her. It's delightful. Absolutely delightful. Recommend it to everybody. At the time of writing the Blaze line, like I know you came in at the very end, Jennifer, but were you aware of how much people loved it? Like, because we hear from booksellers that it flew off the shelves. Like, were you aware of how well it was received? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Um, it, yeah, I, at the time, I just had stories that I knew would fit for the line, and I was super excited about writing for them. So, you know, it didn't really come into play so much for me wanting to submit to them. I mean, it probably will now. <laughs> it would nowadays when I'm more career focused, and you know, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I did absolutely did, and it was always the books that would go off the shelves first. You know, like they go on the shelf um, for a month at a time until they're replaced with the new ones. Um, but they were never to be found on our, on our bookstore chapter. <laughs> they were always gone. It'd be like, you know, four or five months supply of a different, of a different line, but blazes would just go so fast. Mm-hmm. And 
So I would have to go and actually just order um, from the from the, the desk, uh, the ones that I wanted from, you know, when I knew Joanne had a book coming out or Tani had a book coming out. So the ones that I knew were coming that were, you know, friends of mine and ones that I definitely wanted to read, I would just go and have to special order them because they were never there when I, when I went to <laughs> Can you talk about what your experience, uh, how, you know, your experience of writing category romance, what did that teach you as a writer? Um, working with the Harlequin editors, um, and I've worked with a lot of editors since then, um, have what was definitely the best experience. They, um, especially for category, because the lines are very specific in what they're looking for and what they want to publish and what their readers are expecting. So it really did um, teach me how to write within certain parameters. And um, it, it wasn't limiting. It sounds like it would be limiting, but it really wasn't. It was actually really great at helping me to, you know, cut a lot of fluff out of my writing, cut a lot of unnecessary words, you know, really kind of fine tune the craft to get it down to, you know, to specific words counts, to make sure they were fast paced, it didn't sag in the middle, those kind of things. Um, and, and, and yeah, just just how to write, you know, for a specific audience. And I think that's really important because, you know, that's, I've carried that forward with me actually in my film writing um, is, you know, when I'm writing for a TV, I write, you know, a certain way when I'm writing for, you know, an elevated film, it's a little bit like writing single title where you have a bit more freedom. So it definitely, yeah, it, I, I cherish what I, what I learned writing for the category lines because it definitely helped to streamline an idea and a plot. And a lot of times, that's the hardest part in writing is that, you know, you get so lost, you have 80,000 words, you know, the middle is always the hardest part. And, you know, that can go off in tangents. And so to learn how to streamline your ideas and your thought process and the plot into a very tight, concise idea um, is a challenge is a challenging part for a lot of authors. So um, definitely, it, writing category is harder, definitely, <laughs> for me than writing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So talk to us about what you've been up to since your blaze days. Where has your writing journey taken you since you finished writing for the line? Um, well, after the blaze series came out, um, I had an idea for a hockey series, a hockey themed romance series, since I'm Canadian and love hockey as well. Um, so I wrote uh, three books, single title series for Grand Central. Um, and there was a few novellas uh, in that series as well. It was the Colorado Ice series. And then um, I returned to Harlequin's um, HQN single title line, writing a Wild, uh, Wild River Alaska series. Um, it was search and rescue themed, really kind of fun, sexy, small town, uh, ski, ski town in Alaska kind of thing, uh, featuring search and rescue crew and um, adventure and adventure tourism people and that kind of thing. So really kind of fun, um, uh, kind of high stakes romances. So that series was really fun uh, to write. And then um, I also wrote a few thrillers under a pen name, J.M. Winchester, um, just I, I had always wanted to try. So I did that. And um, the last couple of years, I've actually been really focused on screenwriting. So um, I started adapting some of my uh, romances to film uh, in 2018 and have had um, a few of them optioned and then my first one went to camera last year and it will release in next week on up tv <laughs> so 
Oh, yay. Congratulations. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. And then so, and then I just managed to uh, develop a really great relationship with those with that production company and that kind of thing. So I have uh, four new ones coming out next year. So doing a lot of screenwriting lately. <laughs> so, that is that amazing. Is awesome. yeah. 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 So it's fun. But a lot, lots of new Alaska books coming out next year, too. So I was going to ask because I love that series so much. <laughs> Um, I was hoping that you were going to have more because I just think I, I'm a sucker. If Alaska is in the title, I will read it. Right. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last Wild River series comes out in, I think it's January. The last one, about Alaska Dreams. But then I have a spinoff series releasing in May of 2022. And this one is a different small town in Alaska with some of the same characters featured. And uh, it's um, about the Coast Guard. Uh, so you know, oh, nice. Yeah, and another small town that's famed for its mythology and stuff. So a little different, but still, you know, action adventure, um, you know, high stakes romances. So we're excited about that series coming out. Yeah. And lastly, where can everybody find you online? JenniferSnowAuthor.com is my website. Uh, that's where I'm going to be doing a lot uh, going forward and uh, my newsletter. Um, I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, I think. <laughs> um, I even have a TikTok account, which I don't know how to use. So if you really want to watch somebody, you know, fall on their face on TikTok, go on there. I think I've put like three videos, ones of my cat, ones of me trying not to mess it up. I don't know. So <laughs> social media is not my thing. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Um, but I love hearing from readers. And so Jennifer at jennifersnowauthor.com. Email me. Tell me what you loved about my books. Tell me what you hate about my books. I just love hearing from people. So and definitely better one on one than on social media. So, <laughs> so <laughs> if you can find me out there. Definitely reach out. Um, yeah. And my website's always there. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today yes. and, and chatting, writing and the blaze line and, and sharing with us what you've been up to since and what's coming up next from you. We are just rooting for you and so excited. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We will have links to all the places, including TikTok, where you can yes. follow Jennifer Snow and Sarah. And I will chat with you in our next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.